Hey, I'm Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. talk about um our relationships as trans women with cis women just like the evolution and where where we're at now with our relationships with cis women i don't know why i don't know why this came up in my head but it's just something that i just wanted to um at least start some conversations on. well you know what girl i I think when we were discussing it i I, what came up to my head and what i was thinking where i was thinking you were coming from with it when you suggested in the production meeting was we have had several conversations that tertiarily talk about our our relationship with cis women in our lives like we talk about it because we have them and we, we talk about our cis women and friends but we also talk about some of the issues and then I remember we were talking in our relation in our conversation about Hope Giselle and the conversation with um, the the vine. Is that the grapevine. Huh? The grapevine. The grapevine. Yes. Um, we were we unpacked the the way that we feel cis women sometimes forget that we are that we are a part of their community and that we love them and when we get when we were giving our analysis for Hope. And talking about how a lot of cis women are now have tr- are treating us in ways. So I do see where you were coming from. And what I love about this topic is it's going to give us an opportunity to not just talk about like the the issues with cis women, but like I love that I can talk about the growth and the love that has been shown to me, and how I wouldn't be the woman that I was today without my cis relationships. You know what I mean? Right. Um. Well, I, I guess for me, well, I'll start it off. So, with, so initially, like, pre-transition, I was always the type of BQ that, like, I had, I had like, close friendships with such women, because oftentimes, like, they were the only, especially Black cis women, they were the only ones that I could relate to in terms of my femininity back then. And, uh, but however, in high school, it wasn't like a collection, like it wasn't like me and like a group of like friends and we were all friends together. I had certain cis woman girlfriends where I um, was friends with them individually. Like I was like the hub and they were kind of like the spokes and I would um, hang with different um, ones like during my high school and I loved them all equally all the same I didn't love one more than the other but they but they all weren't friends with each other and they all ran in different circles so I would just hang out with them and befriend them when I could um and I was kind of like the token like um butch because I was I was super feminine and I definitely wasn't friends with the boys um and yeah so that was my thing when I transitioned so what, it, so what ended up happening is uh, my friends from high school, all of them went away to college. So it was kind of like a hole where I, like for a long time, I really didn't have any, um, no, that's a lie. 
I didn't have a group of cis women friends, but I had one friend from uh, one cis woman friend that I went to high school with, and we ended up going to Morgan together. Hey, Mackenzie Boo, that's that's my girl. When I started to transition, um, I guess that's when when things started to change. Um, so my my cis friends that went away at school. We were still friends, but we were kind of distant. So I didn't have that intimate day-to-day relationship with them. My um, friend that Mackenzie, who I went to high school with, who I went to college with, I was hanging out with her a whole bunch. And she she was she encouraged the transition. She like she was one of those like rare cis woman friends that was like here for the shit. And as a trans woman, you really don't get too much of them. Like, she's the type of cis woman friend that wasn't, like, jealous or intimidated by you and actually wanted to help you get your look. So I remember, um, and then her, she had um, queer people, queer people in her family. Like, she had trans cousins, and then her um, older brother was gay. So for her, it wasn't nothing new. So... I was able to have a constant um, in her, um, but for for a, a big chunk of my life up until now, um, with the exception of Mackenzie, I really wasn't around this woman like that other than her and in my mom. And let me and- ask you, um, I know that when you were in school, you were a part of a Black woman's collective. And can you tell them a little bit about that experience? Because I know that, you know, that you were connected with some Black, like with some Black women in leadership programs while you were in school. Well, that, that, why, what do you think was, how, what do you think kept those relationships from getting deeper if they did, getting deeper than they did? Well, that, that was law school. So that, that comes along later. Um, be- before we get to that, I just want to oh, say... Oh, 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 I got it. Because you... Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin you. I'm just... Yeah, but, I just yeah, want to make sure you remember... I'm sorry, girl. My bad. Yeah, no, no. Mackenzie and all of that, that was like Morgan, like my Morgan State years. Got like you, got you, got you. I don't mean knowing the names, girl. So that's where I missed Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So, um... But for a long time... So, with my core group of high school girlfriends, like, gone, living their lives, doing their thing. That's... That's... Like, in college... That's when I really started to get into like the um, like the ballroom scene and like the the LGBT scene in Baltimore. So that that's when I really heavily started to develop like my friendships with gay men and my friendships with other trans women. And that that's when I really started to um, get into my womanhood and like. With the exception of my friend Mackenzie, who was my friend, and I would see her at school, and we would hang out sometimes, I was, like, enthralled in the culture and enthralled in the life, and, like, cis women weren't a part of that. So, and I think I think that kind of informs how I am now with trans women, how, like, I'm one of those trans women, like, I intentionally like speak out like friend groups of trans women or I want to be around trans women or I don't kind of want to be the only girl in the room and I think my time like in college and those like formative years like around the scene and around the community it kind of created like a comfort zone because 
I found people that I share um, commonalities with. But in addition to that, there was also, I also did befriend like two stiff um, girls that I met through somebody else, but that relationship didn't last long because when I first got up in them, and you know how when you first get together, you look like so those particular cis women, they were cool with me when I kind of looked. Girl, I know what you finna say. Go ahead. So when I looked clocky in the beginning, they were friends with me. They were cool with me. Like, we, like, those, like, when I think of Because these, you weren't a threat. Right. When I think of these two cis women, these were the only two cis women that I would like w- throughout like my gay culture immersion that I would do straight stuff with like going to like straight events that they're like straight get togethers or straight house parties. And when I was bricky or when I was clocky, like it was fine. And we would like go get our nails done together. And I was one of the girls and all of that stuff. But when I started to get my look together, which didn't take long, but when I started to get my look together, there would be more conversations about like, well, you you will never know, like you look good, but like you'll never know what it feels like to be a woman. And um, you can't have a period and you can't have babies. And then it would be like situations with like guys where like, if they would find my tea and like something crazy would be said, they wouldn't defend me. And I heard like conversations from other people that they really couldn't take me or I'm looking good now. And so like instantly that, like that friendship ended. Cause I'm like, well, bitch, I don't need to be around. And I'm like, y'all are cool, but I know y'all through other people. So we don't, it's nothing deep for me to cut y'all off. But um, yeah. Well, the more deeper I got into culture, the more that I didn't really um, have those like intimate, deep relationships with cis women. And then my original friends from high school, um, they everybody was scattered out, so it wasn't like I could have that one-on-one time with them. Um, and it wasn't it it wasn't until recently, until I got to law school, that I really had to. Um, interrogate like well do i because even though i know what comes with cis women particularly cis black women i do know that um there are opportunities for um meaningful deep relationships with the right cis woman right so i feel like i feel like if you're that type of trans woman that has to be like oh, I only go to the straight events or, oh, I'm the only girl in the sea of women and I like being the only one or, oh, I don't befriend other trans women. I feel like you're inherently just going to have a lot of problems. Like, it's just going to be a given. Um, However, you know, I, I still see the benefit of having relationships with cis women and having like these these cross-cultural conversations and really being in tune with each other and really learning from one another. So it wasn't something that I really, I thought about until I came to law school and I was, you know, in a new place and I had to, you know, not make alliances with people, but I had to open myself to meet new people. And there were, there are no other trans folks like me 
in the law school arena and by fate i was i was coming into contact with all of these black cis women and um learning how to navigate that and learning how to should i have conversations about my transness well i don't know how mm. much to tell i don't know mm-hmm. how they're going to mm-hmm. take it are they like can they handle it is this going to be a converse competition thing and i will say that now for the most part it's been a positive experience like it's like well law school i definitely feel like um i've come out of law school with relationships with black cis women that um i can lean on and like they're my sisters particularly a lot of black um cis queer women like Throughout my time in law school, it's been like black cis queer women that have like carried me or that have put their arms around me and that have really done for me. Um, so like now, now I think at the point that I am now, I'm more open to relation like relationship building and cultivating those friendships. But on the other end, it, I think it for me it has to be on an individual basis because like on a group base, like, I don't, on a group base, like, whenever you try to do stuff with, like, a group of Black cis women and you're the only trans woman, it's always going to be that one cis woman that's, like, in that corner, like, giving you the up and down, staring you up and down, trying to figure out how, like, how are you in the mid, like, you just know these conversations are coming. And I don't really do group dynamics well anyway, but I'm more interested with Black cis women, like, really cultivating those one-on-one relationships. And I feel like I'm more skilled to do that now than I was back in the past. And even with my friends from high school, um, I'm still in contact. Like, it's the type of relationship where I can pick up the phone and call them and we just talk. And um, they were, a lot of them um, accepted my transition and were very supportive. And everything. it was only one girl from high school that was really resistant to me when I told her to like stop calling me by my dad name and I was transitioning and all but I really think she wanted to have me. So that's that's what that was about. But um yeah I I, I feel like my relationships with cis women had to evolve well mm-hmm. evolved and they had to evolve only because I had spent so long not really cultivating relationships with them. And law school put me in a situation where our paths were crossed and we kind of, the ones that I really connect with and still am in contact with, we find like mutual support in each other. And now I haven't, I haven't felt any inklings, particularly with the straight ones that, um, the, the straight ones that I'm like in contact with and in contact with, I don't mean acquaintance, like, I mean like call bitch, call a bitch on the phone and tell a bitch all my business. I don't feel that spirit of competition that you kind of, you can feel with um, trans women. I mean, not trans women, with cis women. Right, 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 right. Uh, you know what? And I think that's a key de- denotation that it's nothing like having that relationship with somebody that you don't have to explain the 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 shit that matters to. Does that make right. sense? Like, it's, I can, there's, there's a certain, that's not a mystique to me when you say, oh, I was with a, I was with a piece and we did X, Y, and Z. Whereas with our cis friends, there's still that level of like, you, there's still a level of, 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 of separation that I want to have with you just because I want, just because I don't want you to get too comfortable. 
You know what I mean? Or I don't want you to feel uncomfortable all the time because you can't handle what my life is. Right, right, right. Because I know I'm challenging so much already right. just you having this trans friend. And it's and it's amazing how that in that in a weird way, in a weird way, we've even internalized that poison of feeling like if you're my because if you think about it, if they're really your friend, you should be able to be as open as they are. But it just right. goes to show by our lived experiences that that we've had friends that were fair weather friends that came and left as in seasons because they begin to get feel uncomfortable with the fullness of ourselves. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just it, you you touched on so many different levels there. Um, I, I don't want to interrupt, but go ahead, girl. No, no, no. I I said all I said. I wanted to take a break so you could get in and you could talk about your experience. Yes. Well. You know, so while you were talking, I kind of had to do an outline because I really wanted to be really, really accurate because I feel like it's it's powerful. The wisdom in this and the wisdom in my experience has come through these relationships, be how they maneuvered and whether or not they ended up good or bad or whatnot. Um, and, And also a lot of these relationships are relationships that like my sister are ones that have evolved and become different things. So the first I want to talk about is the woman who brought me in the world, my mama. Um, my mama, um, from a very young age, from a very young age, um, I was identified to be a gifted child. I spoke faster than I should have. I read faster than I should have. By the time I got to kindergarten, I already could read, and I was reading at a fifth grade level. Like, I was very, 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 I was a prodigy at a very, very young age. Now, my mama because she knew that I was smart, she took me um, in a way, she didn't treat me, she didn't baby me. And so my mother was very, very, she had, she had conversations with me. I never, I don't remember my mom, my mother would have conversations with me about things that she would not with my siblings. I was given this special license to her because she perceived that I perceived things on a different cognitive level. So my mom, at a very young age, became like my, my, I became her confidant. And I don't know if all of it was necessarily the greatest, to be honest, but my mom relied very heavy on me emotionally, heavily on me emotionally, and my family relied on me very heavily. Um, So my parents, while they're both professionals and they work, at a very young age identified in me that I had a skill set with the with the with the um, English language, and that I was very very gifted in the way that I wrote, and so very early on, my family and more importantly, the technology gap had closed in on my parents, and they weren't really familiar with computers like that. So at a very young age, I became my family's ambassador. Um, so then, when we had came on Financial Times, and there were times where there needed to be letters sent to financial people or bankers or mortgage companies. I was the person drafting them. When my family would have, when my father would change careers and need to resign from a job, I was that person. And so, and and, and even in the hard times, I was trusted with this information to keep away from my siblings because they understood that, we're telling you this, but make sure you don't tell nobody else this. And I guess because they knew that I kind of kept the trust they shared both of my parents probably more than they would share with the average child. So at a young age, my mom very leaned heavily in on me. And in return, I think what happened, she also identified me as a trans kid. 
um, one of my earlier conversations with my with my mom that I remember is us my mom bathing my sister and I and I and I you know as as kids do around I was around I want to say I was four because we left that house when I, we got our house when I was five so yeah I was four and um the memory because I remember the house you know how it is with these with these kid memories you a lot of it be um a lot of it be just like a, a cloud and then it'll be like one memory that's like dumb strong where you can remember the smells tastes and sights and all that well this was at my my parents my dad used to work at a college because he was a, a track coach at one point he was an athletic director at one point he was a basketball coach like my dad went to school for coaching my dad was a college athlete so all that anyway so my but my dad had that machismo and he very much brought that home and so my mom is also a very was very submissive growing up to my father my mom was the kind of woman that laughs behind her hand my mom is not a person a woman that is going to chew gum in public in front of people like she's very 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 demure and my father kind of expected that of her so then a lot of my parents dynamic was very kind of controlling in some ways and i love my parents but that's just real but my mom, because of that situation with my father, needed a venting outlet, and she vented on me. She vented with me. But in this incident with my sister, I remember being in the tub, and I remember saying to my sister, saying to my mom, "What's wrong with her?" And my mom saying, "What are you talking about?" And me realizing that my sister did not have a penis, and saying, "What's wrong?" And my mom was like, "She's a girl. Girls have, and you know, she she had the conversation. Hey, you're a boy." And I remember my me looking at her right in her eyes, but not saying, no, I'm not a boy. I'm a girl. And I remember her looking at me and saying, don't say that. You're a boy. Sit down. Because I had stood up. And she was like, sit down. And I remember splashing down in the water, man. And I said, I'm not a boy. And she stopped me and she said, don't say that again. And then I remember her telling me to get out of the tub. And she drive me off and I could just and while she was drying me off she kind of was looking away from me in the distance like while she was drying me off real fast and I remember her drying me off and I remember her looking into the distance and I remember just kind of like she looked sad and I didn't understand that now as an adult I think it was fear I think my mom was concerned for me I think it was something that she didn't know how to process and she was just trying to what the fuck was that you know but from that moment I think she realized that she needed to be protective of me and so she was very, very protective of me. I wasn't allowed to do the things that my siblings were do, did. My siblings were allowed to socialize. My siblings were allowed to. So I was kind of like this, this confidant protected in this cone of silence. But because I was trained, my mom didn't really want me. And she could see that I was different at a young age and that people would treat me different and I was bullied and people wouldn't let their kids play with me. And it was, she felt that trauma impacting me. So they kept me tight. My parents, though, as I began to mature, could not understand it because they were trying to be respectable folks in society and then here come this trans kid. And so by the time I was in high school, there was major tension around my expression and how I stood and walk and act and talk. And I began to stop coming home around 17, 18, running away for periods of time. And then I eventually left home, didn't leave a note, moved to Atlanta. It was the whole thing. That relationship with my mother, though, was affected for a very long time because my mother has never to this day said anything not good about my transition. But my mama has 
in a lot of ways at one point it was like it was best for all involved and for her not to explain to people so i felt like she was trying to erase my existence and it was very very painful for me which leads me to my next relationship my grandmothers my grandmothers so my grandparents my on my my paternal and my maternal um my paternal and maternal um grandparents were both were both 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 very instrumental in my life my grandma d bell she was um uh, a beautiful beautiful dark-skinned chocolate geechee woman and she kind of had the she looked native american and she had these like she was deep 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 chocolate and she had the most beautiful high cheekbones and the prettiest hair and she had this beautiful high melodic voice think michelle a <laughs> like my grandmother had the most high voice and it was just but she was the woman that saw me at a young age as a trans woman and was like i got you baby this world gonna be mean but i love you and i would sometimes just go over to her house and i would be kind of quiet and stoic because a lot of times we would go to my grandmother's house for babysitting after my mom because my parents were, you know, I was, I was before I was able to be a latchkey kid, you know, I had to go to my grandma's house. And I just remember her always saying to me, like, it's, you, you, you don't worry about what nobody ever's going to have to say about you. You remember that you are going to be somebody and it don't matter. And I love you no matter what. I don't know, no matter. And she said, and I remember her saying, I love you no matter who you are. And I was just thinking, no matter who I am, because this is, again, before I had an awareness of myself, but at a young age, she could see that I was going to be different. And that was so affirming to me. So I was on Grandma Hill when that, me going over her house was heavy because she would let me talk. She's the one that taught me to cook. She's the one that really, really spent a lot of time with me. Like, even when my siblings would be outside playing, I would be in the house with her. She'd be like, you don't want to go outside and play, baby? And I'd be like, no, Grandma, I'm fine. Cause I just love being up under her. Now my mother's mother, she has, I come, my mom is a come, it comes from a very big family and these are very well to do folks. Everybody's extremely educated. Everybody, they're pillars of the community. My grandfather held positions in community. It was, you know, these, these are well to do black folks. And they though had such a love because they also are country folks. And they have such a love for one another that it's so deep and intense. And I grew up in an environment where that, where every time I would go down to Pinewood, that's where my ancestral home is. But my parent, and mind you, that home is connected to the plantation of the street that my people came from, because we are the descendants of the 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 family, and, and we were inherited land. So we never left the plantation for real, for real. But my grandmother, and I, well, not my grandmother, she's passed now, but I think the siblings together, they own some acreage out there, a nice little, 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 little chunk of land, so much so that the government's been trying to buy it for years. But anyway, that's why my people are still down in Pinewood, but when I would go down there, it would be this cocoon of love. But my grandmother um, had dementia, and yeah. It, so she was very, sometimes you would, she wouldn't know everybody's names, even her kids' names. But my mom was a particular favorite of hers, and she would always call everybody my mom's name. My mom goes by this nickname of Honey. And she would be like, Honey, is it Honey? And she would say, Hey, Honey. She would call everybody Honey. 
until and then she, or she would ask about my mom until my mom arrived. And so when my mom came and she would come with me naturally, because, you know, out of all these people, my grandmama singling out my mom and her family, of course, I was very close with that grandmother. So she, though it was a big family, my grandmother would go on these walks with my mom and then around the high, around the lane. And the walks would be long and it was a long dirt road. And like I said, if you go like a mile or so up the dirt road, you would get to the plantation, but it was a long dirt road and it wasn't paved when I was a child. And I remember walking in the red clay of the dirt road with my grandmama and my mama and them talking and, and, and them talking. And I remember my grandmama asked my mama one time about me. She said this one, because I never left my mother's side. Oh, <clears throat> never left my mother's side when we were not home. And, um, and even though I have siblings and all that, like it was, I, I was, I was just, me and her was just like that. And so um, we were walking up the street. With my, we're up the dirt dirt road on the land with my with my now we not worried about no cars so we walking in the middle of the road and um, we walking with my grandmama and we walking real slow and it's a beautiful day and I remember my grandmother saying to my mama this one here and I didn't turn around because I was walking ahead of them and I didn't turn around but I was I immediately my ears pricked up and she said this one here be around you all the time like this huh and my my, my mama said yeah. Yeah, yeah, we close. And my grandmama said, you keep them, you keep them close. Because this one here going to need you. And my mom was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that was that on that. But I remember in that moment, that was another affirmation for me from my maternal grandmother that she saw me and that she knew that I was not around my male relatives. I wasn't at the house because if I was at the house, I was expected to be with the boys and be with the male relatives. The boys play outside, the boys be with the men, the boys be in the woods, the boys be hunting and shooting with the, with their uncles and stuff. Like, I'm not that. So my, me, my excuse was, I'm with mama, making sure mama and grandma okay, but really it was so I could be with them. And, but, but I love that my grandmother could see that. And for me, that was just affirmation and it was love. And it was, I idolized both my grandmothers. They were superheroes to me. So it was just a big thing. <laughs> Now, as I left my mother's home, I was kind of in the world trying to figure it out. And I had made a lot of really, really, really close friends. I made good friends, bad friends, because I kind of did it the abrupt way. I came into the streets. So I literally went from being this country kid and coming to the big city and being thrust into this environment where it's, I did not prepare, I did not have money, I did not adequately have nothing. And very quickly, I had to, I was in dire straits in a lot of situations when I was young here. And this woman, her name was Ma Cheryl, she stepped into my life and she really became the mother figure that I needed. And she's like, a, and to this day, she's like somebody that I will always cherish because at this point in my life, my mother and I, we were never estranged because again, my mother's never said anything horrible. My mother's the kind of woman that just won't say anything. And in the silence, you will feel the pain, bitch. So, Ma Cheryl, though, she was this gregarious woman, and she just saw me for who I was, and she just completely enveloped me into her bosom, and she would give me her clothes and her makeup, and she would just be like, baby, whatever you need, because <clears throat> I also was a little foundling at that point in my life. Like, I wasn't really connected to nobody, and I was kind of homeless and going through stuff, and 
she just was like, I see you and I want to help you. And if you will let me help you. And it just goes to show God will send people that are not even people that are like your family just to help you. But this woman saw me and just embraced me. And that relationship was instrumental to me. And it's one that I cherish to this day. But we don't speak as often now as, you know, how life happens. But I still love my Cheryl and I, I, I cherish her forever. As I went into college, though, so now I got myself together and I realized because I had I had left and abandoned an education at Winthrop University, full ride, all that shit, because I wanted to transition. And I knew that I could get into college because I did very well on my SATs. And um, I, you know, I did very, I had very good grades in school. So I, going to school was not a problem for me. I knew that I could get into college. I just didn't know if I wanted to go or if I could living in my truth. But when I finally got over that, I got into college and um, I went to Georgia State University and I met so many different people. That's a very diverse school. It's really like an HBCU because it's a very large dominant, um, even socially on campus, it's a very large um, dominant um, African-American population on that campus it's because it's in the heart of downtown in Atlanta and it's only miles away from all the HBCUs. So you know how that goes. Anyway, Georgia State was my college. And like when I was at school, I made a lot of girlfriends. I did have a college experience. I went to spring breaks because when I got to college. Oh, but you did the real shit. <laughs> oh, bitch, I went to spring breaks. I was in the club dancing on boys who didn't know my team. Praying to, <laughs> praying to God that I didn't see nobody I knew and they would spook me in the club in Miami. I'm in Wet Willies. I'm on the beach. <laughs> girl, listen, I'm having, I went to the nude beach, Miss Thing. Oh, girl, what, did you, what did you give? Just top off? No, bitch. The full couple. I, well, let me tell you what we did. We skinny dipped. And I was with, I was with um, a, a cis woman and a gay man. And we, we, we were the crew in our group that was adventurous enough to go because I to go to the, to the beach. And when we went to the beach, bitch, we were like walking around. And of course, you know me, bitch, I immediately was topless because I've always had great tatas this thing. And so, bitch, I was very beautiful breasts. I was, I thank God for that. Anyway, so bitch, I was already topless before they could even say anything, bitch. And I'm walking around the beach with my little mounted and the um the the my, my girlfriend said i'm gonna go skinny dip if y'all do it bitch that's all i needed to hear we had been drinking i was drunk we had just came from that might have been the day we went to wet willies and then drove to the little new beach and haul over whatever it's called beach in miami and we went and we were drunk as fuck and we ran into the water and bitch i just pulled out my bikini bottoms and well no 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 we ran into the water first splashed and they took our bikini bottoms off in the water. Yeah, bitch. We didn't just, we weren't. And then, bitch, I, I, bitch, I, I tucked, tucked down in them buns so deep, Miss Thing. <laughs> bitch, I zipped down in that water and did a squat and did what I needed to do, bitch. And, and thankfully, girl, the salt water hadn't really made me wet, wet yet enough to where it wasn't because I didn't let my, I, like, I ducked down deep enough to get into the water, but I didn't like, really, really be in there a lot. So my, it could hold my thighs, you know, cause I, you know, I have always had meaty thighs and I can, I, I held it back. Girl, listen to the thing. But I pulled that stump for a few seconds 
and then, and then you we, came back to reality. And then back, and then put, and then when we were running back to the water, because we did run back to the water's edge, bitch. After three or four steps, I stopped and put my panty back on, bitch, because <laughs> she wasn't gonna hold on, bitch. And then I put her back on, and at that point, I had like my pubic hair. I was shaved, but I was like, you know, I had a little bush going. So, bitch, it you couldn't really catch. But girl, bitch, yes, ma'am, it was tea. So, bitch, you got me strapped anyway. That girlfriend and the girlfriends that I used to go with down there were all we were all a part of this friend circle in college, and we were really, 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 really close, supposedly. But as all things, and it's not shade for them, we eventually, you know, how you find yourself in college, you make new friends. Well, for them, I feel like I was one of their college, college friends. They're one of their weird college friends that they'll tell their friends about that I'm still Facebook friends that they'll probably click on and be like, oh, ha, 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 you know what I mean? Like, or not ha, 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 per se, but like, oh, I know her, she's a good person. I'll be their trans friend, but not necessarily. When we left college, it was very intentional that they did not want to hang with me. Like, it was immediate, like, upon graduation, it was just like, it started getting shady immediately, and it was just like that. Now, in college, I made other friends, and I, I've always had really, really strong natal friends. And here's why. Because I did transition the way I did, kind of like as a runaway on my own. And I would encounter the girls like when we were, when we were socialized on the stroll or when I would be in the park. But I kind of avoided other trans women for safety purposes. Just because I was from the country, I perceived the girls to be kind of loud and a little bangy. And I didn't know, I didn't even know, I didn't even know what the word banshee was then. I was that green bitch. So, bitch, it was, I hadn't even been to a gay club when mm. I first was homeless. So, bitch, it was like I was immediately thrust with people that had, were very knowledgeable and I had known nothing. And I still believed that I was going to hell because I was raised that way. So, bitch, I was trying to unpack all of that. And cis, trans women at the time were not people I was trying to hang with. So, I made, I really leaned into my cis relationship for what I found was in my senior year, I found my trans community. I got, because I, I got to that place where I was starving and no one was feeding me. And there was no relationship that could feed me like someone that un would understand me. So I began to seek out resources. First trans person I reached out to was Dee Shambly, shout out to her. And then, you know, I, I, I held an event on campus specifically because I didn't know the no trans events. I didn't know no trans communities and I had got active my senior year. And I didn't, I didn't know no, no event. I didn't know no trans people. And I wanted to get to know the trans community. So I purposely held an event on Georgia State's campus, got the kids to get credit for their sexuality classes, and had an event on campus with my friends in Blackout. Shout out to the organization Blackout with my, with my, with my best, best, best friend, Lamont Sims at the time, honey. And we went and we had this event just so I could meet the girls. But before then, I didn't. And that was crazy, but sis, when I tell you, it was like an eye opener because then I realized that I did not have to take half-ass relationships from people that owned, were, were cool with me until we got in certain environments. So then um, I went, those girls in college would do things like, um, we would go places and like, they do it under the guise of, oh, I just wanna make sure everybody was okay. So I told everybody before you came and girl, they better not say nothing to you. Mm. And it, it gave very, like, I told everyone that you, that you were coming so they would be ready. 
so that bitch you've been disarmed because now you become the thing and I, and I and then so i told everybody to be nice to you. so then now when i get there everybody's being weird and nobody wants to look me in the eye because they're scared to offend the tranny and get put out of your house or wherever you're at because you've made a big thing and it was really to other me i realized once i got in community and i realized that it wasn't always have to be a big deal that i'm the train like when i wasn't the trans friend but i was just oh that's my sis or that's my friend bitch it was amazing to me because then it was like aha it was like an aha moment but in that as i moved on and became this professional woman and i got my own apartment and i was because I, I had an extended mix in college bitch because i was doing a lot of you know living and and, and and i had periods where i wasn't in school so bitch i had an extended college experience but in that i i was moving i had got apartments i was having men i was having relationships i really had got distracted by some of my long-term relationships when i was too young with men that were too old and bitch that's another podcast but anyway bitch i was always a girl that wanted to have her own so bitch i had my own apartment and i met my apartment leasing agent pam shout out to pam shout out to my bitch pam pam looked at me and was like girl let's you after we signed the lease on my apartment she said girl because it was like you know bitch because my situation bitch i you know with us getting apartments girl it's always a hoops bitch and uh, so bitch she really helped me get that apartment and when we got signed she said girl let's go have mimosas that bitch i said i don't have never had that what is that she said oh girl and she took me and we had mimosas bitch and from that moment i was her rider for years 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 and that woman is the cis woman that was like not ashamed of me she didn't give a fuck she never made me feel no way she would bring me around all the niggas she would take me to the most because she was um now you know i'm not i'm not going to say her last name but you know my girl pam used to be a dancer and mm -hmm. i feel like because she was a dancer and she didn't have that insecurity about her sexuality and she, she had, was already privy to the girls and she knew how men operate she was like bitch i already know because she was like half of the niggas that i was dancing that i that i was doing a good dancing would be trying to get me to do threesomes with the girls like she was a bitch i already know so but she wasn't she never ever made it a thing Right. ever in my life to the point where me and that woman had done christmases together when i didn't have family to go home when my family and i weren't the greatest and i couldn't go home bitch me and her had christmases and that's this woman went out of her way to be my backbone her and her friend circle shout out to erica god rest her soul she passed away a couple years ago we were like this trio of it was the two cis women they'd known each other all their life and they took me as their little foundling in their wing bitch and girl they taught me the ropes when i tell you we went to strip clubs we went to bars. We went to house parties. And I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the kind of house parties in mansions where they invite the kind of girls like Pam. And she was bringing me as her plus one, bitch. Like, she was bringing me to, to, to like, I was around, not, not, not even to just, but I was in places where people want, the people would never expect trans people to be, put it that way. I was in, around famous people. And like, what was crazy about her she never made it a thing and people just fell in love with my personality and she was the one that helped me to see bitch if you don't make it an issue it's not a motherfucking issue because i don't give a fuck so bitch sometimes i'd be like girl pam i can't go in here bitch these people or we would i'd be like damn where did you bring me and i'll be stuck in the bathroom putting on powder panicking bitch like oh girl oh girl oh girl oh girl bitch because i'm in a trap house or some shit you know what i'm saying Right. And, I'm, and I'm like, oh, girl. And I'm in the bathroom in panic mode. And Pam would go in there and be like, bitch, you are bad. 
it's niggas in here already asking about you, girl. It's a dude over there. He want to talk to you. I'm like, girl, bitch, I can't talk to him. She was like, girl, you're not going to fuck him, sis, but be social. She was telling me, like, she was the one that helped me see that if I didn't see it as a barrier, no one else would. And bitch, that was the key to unlocking my realness. And the gag was, it was solidified when I was around trans women and I saw the mature trans women and how they move. It was just confirmation for me that if you don't make it a big deal, but Pam, it took a cis woman, believe it or not, to tell me that. Because when I came into my trans mother's life, I was already kind of established as a woman and she really just helped me really ground in my spirituality and really, really drive out the things that were like my religious problems and all of the hangups I had. That's what my trans mother did. But Pam was the bitch that taught me how to be the bad bitch and I have to give her credit for that. And now as an adult, to finish it off, as an adult now, I have a wonderful relationship with the friend circle that I established with my husband. Shout out to the circle. We go to each other. We've been to each other's weddings. We, at this point, have known each other for a while. We know each other's kids. We still hang out to this day. And I cherish these relationships because these are cis women that are married to men. And in some of the cases, at least in one of these relationships, I am closer to her husband. And my husband is okay with it. And she is okay with it. And I am closer to her husband. And we are besties. Like, no lie. And she's okay with it. And that is a testament to me, too, on how you can have cis female friends that are not toxic, that don't think you're trying to take their man, that are not trying to do nothing. Because she know me and him are comedians, and we go back and forth reading each other. And it mm -hmm. very much is like brother or sister. And I don't want him, even though he is fine. I do not want him at all, because <laughs> I respect. No, because I have to say that, because I want to acknowledge that it's not because it's some nigga that's not. No, no, no. It's because I'm a trans woman. He's a, I'm a beautiful woman. He's a handsome man. And we don't want each other. He's happily married. And I am very happily married. And that's what that is. And we are good, good friends. And me and him read the dog shit out of each other. Like, we are friends in a real, real genuine, pure way. And we are also each other's confidant and counsel. But, but if it were not for the strength of his wife, shout out to Keisha. If it were not for Keisha, my friendship with Milton could be all kinds of things. But I wanted to put that out there because cis women, y'all get a bad rap sometimes. I know that a lot of the things that we talk about systemically when we talk about cis women, a lot of times it sounds like because we're talking about the system, it sounds like we're talking about the people that are a part of it so hard. But I really want y'all to know we love you. You're our mothers, you're our grandmothers, you're our aunties, you're our aunts. You're our family members, you're our cousins, you are, you, we love you and we want you to embrace us with that same energy. And that the brokenness that we feel, that, that bridge that we're trying to mend right now comes from a genuine place of us feeling hurt because we feel like you brought us into this world, you told us, uh, the collective of black women around us told us that y'all were gonna stand with us, that y'all that that loved us, and then these collective, as a collective, there's been some shiftiness in that ability to hold us up in a way that we needed to be held. Yes, there are outliers. Yes, we have, me and my sister, clearly have very strong relationships with women in our lives. So we're not women that don't have relationships with women. We're not toxic Black women that hate on other Black women. We love women. We love our relationships that we've had with cis women. But I just want to say that it was important for us to have this conversation, Brie, because I really believe wholeheartedly that 
this is if if only we could kind of focus on the similarities of our experiences, if we could focus on the ways that we are in love, that we work we work well together, and that we love each other, and that we borrow from each other. Right. We will be okay, but it's when the the power dynamic is set up where some cis women feel. Like when you become trans, you become a threat. They're okay with you in the beginning when they can laugh at you and talk to their friends and be like, y'all stop, that's my thing. But when you become a woman and you grow into your fullness, a lot of women cannot handle that. And it bothers them because then they now feel like you think you're doing this better than me and I'm a real woman, not realizing sis, I've always been a woman and I experienced life the same as you. And let's keep it real. I want you to know I did, I was influenced, but I did not, you did, I became my own being on the strength of my own courage because it takes courage to defy. Because now also, cis women, I'm also defying what you told me about myself because a lot of our mothers were not women that wanted their black male child to grow up feminine and black in the world. And they thought as a strategy of survival to discourage us. So, so it's not like we're, we're loving, it's not like we, our love is not just being reciprocated in the way that we're giving it. It's not like we come with this chip on our shoulder. In a lot of ways, we've been taught to hate ourselves by the people who are then now saying, we want you to stand with us. And what we're saying is we can acknowledge both. I can acknowledge that I have had wonderful, wonderful, wonderful relationships with women, but I can also critique that my relationships with cis women, some of them have not been genuine. And I am hesitant now as an adult about who I let in my circle because some cis women like Angela Stanton have a bitterness that they project onto people that they think that they are, that they think are vulnerable and begin to attack them and begin to hate on them and begin to start to do little things to undermine their confidence. And so I have learned to protect my circle from a lot of cis women's energy when they come at me with this kind of like judginess. Even in our friend circle, there are levels to the friendships that I have, but in the cores, the people that I'm actually calling friends, there's not that, because I can't allow that to be close. And I think what, what you're hearing here is us talking about both sides. Go ahead, sis. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I just think for me, like I'm not, like I had like no shade my 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 going away cookout mainly um cis women there and mm-hmm. um that you know the beauty of law school that is um really encouraged me to go out and seek these relationships but like you said with cis women now the issue of my transness it I mean not the not just me being trans not that it's an issue my transness doesn't come up and when it does come up it's not because i'm being interrogated about it it's just something that naturally happens and because i'm dealing with the life issue um related to my transness i'm with people cis people where i feel comfortable enough to talk about it but it's very much a um one-on-one type of interaction um, like even now still i would never go i would never befriend like a whole group of like cis woman that I didn't know because I just know from I just know the dynamics and I know for me that's not safe but um like on a one-on-one level um I've been able to really um create some beautiful moments with this woman 
and build some deep sisterly bonds with them. And for me, if you're not in the, the this is the test, especially with cis hat women. If I know that you're not in competition with with me over a man, or you're not like I, I, I'm always like studying how you act when a man comes into the room. If you're not the type that's going to, that's so pressed to have a man that you're willing to like throw me under the bus or engage in the stupid games or your your just whole outlook on partnering and your politic matches mine, then that's just a woman that I could befriend and like really build a sisterhood with. But I just, I just think, I just think as a, a trans woman, you just have to be careful and you have to be mindful that you're befriending um, sis women that are giving you the space to be you and i know and i know that's what that's the way has worked that's what has worked for me and um like you like and i'm glad we got to tell our stories because i was the opposite like when i was in college i was like going to college doing my thing in the day hanging out with my one my one because i don't really i don't really have stories of me hanging out with big groups of friends and college because I was so into my like my ballroom life outside of school so I was just going to school doing what I had to do and I was like in the streets like running the city hitting the clubs you know having my life because that you know that that's what was important to me but um being in law school and going away to somewhere I did I was familiar with definitely changed that but I'm happy for the experience because it um, really led me to reevaluate um, the type of relationship that I had with this woman. And it also led me to really evaluate the relationship that I had with um, this woman, even the ones from high school. Because like I said, some of them are still good. We don't get to talk every day, but it's good. But then I've had some other cis women that I are friends with uh, that I was friends with in high school, and now they've kind of like I can tell that they fuck with me from a distance. Mm-hmm. But um, one in particular, she's like married to a pastor, and she like it, it was just at this one point she got oh, super, she first lady. Yeah, she got super 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 religious, mm-hmm. and um, I was just like in the back of my house, like I don't know how this is gonna work. And then my other sister, um, homegirl from high school was like, you still friends with her? She was like, she was like she, they was like, well, I, I don't know about her. But it's just, I don't know. Being friends with this woman, you see how some of them are impacted by that performance of womanhood. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if they have the issue with you being trained, how they feel like they have to let you go in mm-hmm. order to perform and hit those benchmarks in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I don't know for sure if this is what's going on with me and my one friend, but I don't know. I kind of feel it. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel it. But like I said, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, she's entitled to live her life. I'm living my life. And I don't, it's just a lesson for me to um, be mindful of befriending people that kind of give that type of energy. So, I agree. I, I agree. And let me say this is like, I think too, and when we're talking about this, like, I think that we also, you, you hit on it on a little bit, but I want to just expound a little on 
the notion that a lot of cis women kind of get caught up in like the performative thing up the performative aspect so let me say this too i often think that some of it too is rooted in this suspicion around our motivations for being who we are because society has given them this very one-sided piece of the coin and they really didn't they see us as sex workers and the imagery like how we were talking in our media episode about the imagery that is shown in trans about trans people in media and some of the gut triggers and i think some of those stereotypes kind of come up in their mind and that's the reason why they demonize the men so hard too for even liking us because in their mind the motivation behind this seems to be surface. And I feel like the only women that say that are women that have all that come into the situation not knowing a trans person and not really to wanting to get to know me for real, for real as a person. These are the those are the women that when I already am beginning to have a conversation with them, I can already feel very early on. There once, once, once I dare, because you know, even if you kind of maneuvering, bitch, there's only so long I, my politics are going to be held in the conversation with a lot of black folks. Because sometimes people will say things, and I'm just like, all right, well, here we go, you know. <laughs> so then I'm in spaces, and I'll hear, and I'll hear somebody will say something, and I'll just be like, you know, and I'll begin to speak my truth or talk about an issue related to community or whatever. And I can watch how the woman will just draw up and like, you could just feel her pulling all of the loving feelers I was just getting a moment ago. And then in her mind, it immediately becomes, oh, you tricked me. And it's like, bitch, first of all, I don't get up then. I didn't know you were going to be here. Or if I didn't know you were going to be here, bitch, trust and believe. I didn't go through years of therapy, a lifetime of stress and pain, a whole physical process, just the motherfucking trick you bitch and i feel like a lot of cis women because we are able to really really perform femininity in a way that is very studied in a way that is very nuanced in a way that is very very captivating a lot of them sometimes will look at us and be like i'm not even that damn feminine or i'm not even that damn this i'm not even and then that comparison thing that happens, that competition amongst women start to happen. And then you end up with the result of like what you were saying. You have these girlfriends where it's like you're in a room with men and now, bitch, your whole countenance has shifted. And particularly if it's your man, it's very much like, oh, this is, this, you remember this, my friend, this is the Brianna, the girl, the girl, remember the girl I was telling you about? Remember my, my girlfriend, Brianna? You know, Brianna. You know what I mean? And it's just like, really, bitch? Like, first of all, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you, sir. How you doing? But it's like, in that moment, I already know what you're trying to do. Or you walk into the space, and then your friend that's been your friend that know you is like, trying to, all of a sudden, they're starting to act funny towards you. And like, it's very much like, girl, I love your hair, girl. All right. And it's like, bitch, we, we came here together. What is going on? And you're because what you're doing is you're dog whistling my tea to the community. Like I've had so many shady relationships and friends and connections with with with, with, with cis women that I thought were going to be cool and it ended up being some bullshit. Like I really that's why I said earlier when when and you spoke to it too, bitch. You have to protect your motherfucking peace because there are some people I have had some some cis women break my motherfucking heart, bitch. 
people that I, I thought were cool and then it was just like immediate slip on me so yeah girl it, it, life is life is a trip but the more I evolve the more I cherish my trans sisters and I even more so cherish my sis, sis sisters because I'm a whole lot of woman now see some of my friends I feel like they if I if we were to if they were to try to be my friends again now it wouldn't work just because I'm a whole lot of woman. I'm a whole lot of personality to deal with now. And I love the friends that I have now. And I love my sis girlfriend, Pam, that has stuck around because I truly feel like these people are invested. But girl, bitch, everybody ain't, these hoes ain't loyal. Everybody ain't able. Mm-hmm. Everybody just ain't motherfucking able. So um, sis, let me ask you this. Have you had a relationship with a sis girlfriend where... you began to perceive like a jealousy. And the reason why I'm bringing that into the space is because inevitably when you are free and you maneuvering in a, with a level of freedom, you have, women a lot of times have been taught to be oppressed and subjugated and it's people that'll look at your freedom and feel a way about it. Have you ever had any relationships with cis women that were jealous of you and not for the because I'm all about solutions, bitch, and you know you are too. What's the, so because I want to know how you were able to work through that relationship or let them go. Like, tell me a little well, bit. I, I feel like the jealous ones, I never let them that close to me to be true girlfriends, they always remain at the associate level. Okay, and a so lot what of was t- a sign that they were jealous though? Like, what if you were talking to trans women right now? What would be a sign if you want to give them the signs that they're jealous? Of? Well, I don't even think I would have this the sign. I could because I can just tell off the bat when somebody doesn't like me, either when they aren't aren't feeling me from afar or when they're like overly nice to me, mm-hmm. but is really like trying to fish for my business or, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't know. Usually, it it has to do something with a man. Or like their man is too overly nice to me, and they, like I don't like I don't think I can speak to that because I really the the type of cis woman that I've never had a sister a cis woman where I was like in my life where we were like we were like day in and day out mm-hmm. um, until as of recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know, and then most of the. Mo- a majority of the the cis women that I deal with now, a majority of them that I deal with on a regular basis, they're queer. So they're like either lesbian or bi. So yeah, I just like I I just feel like I'm the opposite. I have I have more trans girlfriends than anything, and you yeah. know me. So and I I feel like I'm I'm the outlier when it comes to that situation. So I I don't I don't usually I can sense it from a mouth. Like I'm the type of girl that I can sense the crowd of girls where like a couple of the girls are cool that you're in there, but it's always that once this woman that's just like sizing you up or like being kind of distant or being nice nasty. So usually I don't let it I don't let it. So I don't have any um stories about like cis girls breaking my heart because I don't think I've ever letting them get that close to me. Oh, see. I I have I have more stories about trans women breaking my heart. Oh, no. Mm-mm. So some of them college girlfriends that I was telling you all about them trips, bitch. 
girl, some of them broke my heart, bitch. And it was just really simply a matter of like, I got to that place in my transition where it was, it was a problem. Like I had a good girlfriend that we would be in public and a guy would be like, damn, you beautiful. And she would start immediately get the giggles, bitch. Oh my God, bitch, you think he knew? Did you think he knew? And she's like saying this right there. Like, even though he may not be still standing there when she said it, it's like, bitch, why do you keep doing that? Like, she would fall out. Like, oh my God, girl, oh my God. Ah." And she was really, really trying to go out of her way to make me feel away. But I could not receive that. It took me seeing her man in the gay club and me telling her and then her flipping that shit on me that I always wanted. Oh, girl, she flipped that shit on me so hard, Miss Thing. Girl, and stop speaking to me forever. And we had, I'm talking about, we were a good, good Judy's, like cried together, slept in the same bed team. Oh, girl. I was like, all right, bitch. All right, bitch. That really, that really wore me down. And then, like, I've had that happen several times. Like, I've had girlfriends where, we were cool until they got a man. And then when their man, like you say, is too cool to me. And it was really cut, fucked up is. I love men. And I'm not talking about in a sexual way. My best relationships in life. Some of them, the most toxic ones have been men. But some of the greatest ones have been men. I am a girl that has guy friends. I have guy friends. I am, I am a girl that has guy friends. And like, I think I got, I, I learned from Pam because Pam really helped me understand the psychology of men in a different way because we would socialize around a lot of men and like in school. And then I, I kind of tended to avoid men when I could, but like as an adult, like she really put me immersed in environments that were majority male because she was a single woman about them paper and she was teaching me how to be that bitch, honey. So I learned from her really 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 how to like ground myself but like keeping it a hundred it's those are rare like i'm keeping it real like even the friends that i the girlfriends that i had that it didn't end in no shade they very much as soon as i got a husband and kids i stopped speaking to the transsexual because that is not acceptable you know what i'm saying like like i have girlfriends we didn't fall out it's no tea they just stopped speaking to me Mm. And as I get older, that happens more and more often as people are getting older and they start becoming moms and they start joining churches because now I want a community and like I want a community and so I'm going to join a church and now that I've joined this church, you know, I got to be careful who the church folks see me around and even though I'm not judging you girl, you know, I've, I've seen it and or they get in corporate America and they're worried about People who seeing people seeing them, with, oh girl, or or they or the friends that I had in law school that just stopped speaking to me. Oh girl, it was a whole, it was some tea, bitch. Yeah, I felt like I I experienced that from my uh, one of my high school girlfriends who became super religious. But like I by, but like I said, by the time before we even got there, we had just got so distant. Like I was still like talk to her, and I went to her wedding, but. Um, even when we lived in the same city, it wasn't like we were like hanging out or like she abruptly like stopped being my friend. It was just um, we gradually just grew apart and then she got deeper and deeper into being religious, which blew my mind. But, you know, it it just was what it was. But, by, but 
while we were while I was while we were distancing, I was building more relationships with um with you know in community with trans women and gay men. So like like I said, I don't I didn't really have the heart and then deeper in community, there's just this narrative of well, you can't trust them and you can't um you know, you can't you can't be around cis women, you can't trust them, da 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 da. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I had, I had to work through, um, through that, like, you know, I don't think that that that's healthy to, you know, just be totally, you know, mistrustful or distrustful. But like I said, I think I'm rare in that my relationship, like I have stronger relationships in community than most. And so one of my girlfriends um, put it to me. She was like, "You like being friends with the girls like that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sh- but shouldn't it be that way? Like, shouldn't it be? Shouldn't shouldn't we have be in an environment where, um, you know, we are we are seeking friendship amongst each other as um, trans women? But I get it. I get it. So yeah, I I haven't like I said, if I've experienced it, it's been from an associate, like from a uh, a woman I wouldn't let directly in my circle. Exactly. 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 And I think I think that's I think that's the key is like protecting your peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number Five Twelve Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Don't forget to go to our anchor page to become a monthly sponsor. And also feel free to like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms. And also, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast, Every Comment Matters. And lastly, please, please, please follow and tune in for our live interactive Facebook show every Friday on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, I'm the Lioness. And I'm Aeon. Bye.